0: I also think, like, like, a common misconception, especially for people outside uh, the industry, is that you need a college degree to get a good job. But in reality, at least, like, in my field, in like 2D animation or like working in anime, like, the only thing that matters is the quality of your work. So, like, your portfolio. You could You could literally just get a job from posting on Twitter or Instagram. And if your work is good, you're going to get hired.
1: Hello, welcome, everyone, to Straight Ahead an animation podcast where we spotlight rising Black, Indigenous, and people of color who are the future voices of the animation industry. I am Raymond Dozalanda, one half of your co-host. And I'm Yuki Okamoto-Wong, the other half of our whole host.
2: Our guest this week is Kiri Liu. She is a Chinese-American artist working as a freelance animator currently based in Maryland. Would you mind telling us a bit more about yourself?
0: Yeah, uh, I'm a freelance 2D animator. Right now, I'm working on anime, working on commissions, I went to Calarts for two and a half years, uh, and then I dropped
1: out uh, to work in the industry. That's crazy. Nice. That's crazy yeah. to hear to that you dropped out, but like, just want to say that like a degree isn't always necessary in animation, and like, just want to say you're you're so insanely talented that like, honestly, if you were able to drop out and save that money, good on you. Well,
2: yeah. Thank you Ryan. <laughs> yeah save save the money. <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, the way we like to start off on straight ahead is by playing a little game called In Between. We're going to give you two similar choices and then you have to choose in between the two of them and then let us know why.
0: Alright.
1: Cool, cool, cool. I'll ask the first question Would you rather travel across the seas like in One Piece with Luffy and the gang on the Thousand Sunny or across space like in Cowboy Bebop with Spike and the gang on the Bebop?
0: Oh gosh. That's, that's pretty tough.: <laughs> On one hand, I have terrible motion sickness, so I'd be like throwing up for at oh, really: least, Yeah, I'd be throwing up <laughs> for at least the first week on, on the ship. But at the same time, like
1: but do you, do you have motionless sickness in space? <laughs>
2: I think most people do, don't they? <laughs> the anti the the not zero gravity. Well, they have gravity inside of the ship. Oh, uh, yeah, I
1: guess they, they they walk normally. They're not floating.
2: yeah. You get nausea from that? Yeah. Oh. From from
1: zero yeah.
0: gravity? Mhm.
1: Yeah, you have to train your body.
0: Oh, uh, okay. Mhm. Yeah, like I was about to say, in space it seems really kind of depressing, like, if, if you stay up there for, for a long period of time. Yeah. Well, well, mm-hmm. when you're at sea, you can, like, dock the ship at, at like, places and stuff, so...
1: Well, you can, you can dock the spaceship on planets. <laughs> there's, like, stations and stuff.
0: I mean, who are you gonna see, though? Like, there's, <laughs> <laughs> there's no humans.
1: <laughs> Aliens.
0: No humans out there. So, yeah, I, I'd say maybe the ship in that case, because... You know, if if either way it's going to be it's going to be vomit like <laughs> either way it's awful. So might as well take the less lonely route.
2: <laughs> it's going to be vomit city. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's a really good point.
1: Yeah, what would you go with, Yuki?
2: Um I think I would also go with the Thousand Sunny, like you said. I mean, I like space, but I've also been on like Cruise ships and stuff before,
1: and I like being I out space. sea. I, I thought you were going to say you've been in space and you didn't like it.
2: Uh, well, <laughs> it's a secret. No, I'm just kidding. I've never been in space, but I have been on the sea, and I think it's it's really cool. Yeah, despite the the motion sickness, but like, yeah, I think the appeal of going to uh sort of islands is really interesting and like cool to me, but rather than like in Cowboy Bebop, they go to like space stations and like planets but it's really just like cities mm-hmm. so
1: yeah uh i would just want to say i i don't get motion sick so being on the thousand sunny would be okay uh, look at <laughs> <that>. uh, <laughs> but yeah i think i would also go with the thousand sunny because I, I i like the idea of like because it's like you know it's out of the ocean you have like the ocean breeze you're, you have all this fresh air like this and op- you feel like you're in this open space i feel like with space even though space is deep and open you're mm-hmm. still in a confined ship so i feel like more I feel more claustrophobic. Mm. so I like the ability to like... I feel like I can stretch my limbs on the Thousand Sunny versus the Bebop. Mm. I think that's why I would, I would sway that way. Yeah, I don't remember the character... What is it, Sani? Huh? San- Sanji, the, the Sanji? name of the One Piece characters? Sanji? The one that cooks? What? Sanji? Yeah, Sanji? yeah, yeah, yeah. The food looks really good, so... Like if, <laughs> so
2: it's true. You I, would I, get I, to eat Sanji cooking.
1: Yeah, I feel like the, on the Bebop, they're all like... I think they're all poor. They're all trying to, like, scavenge for money, so, like, the food isn't always (laughs) the best.
2: Yes. And their refrigerator is filled with mold.
1: Yeah, okay. So, clearly... Clearly the Thousand Sunny. (laughs) All right. uh, Next question. How would you rather fly? On a broom like Kiki from Kiki's Delivery Service, or as a dragon like Haku from Spirited Away?
0: Um, as a dragon. Because... Like, with a broom, you have to take it everywhere, right? And you could lose mm-hmm. it. I feel like I'd lose the broom. But if you could transform <laughs> into an entire dragon, you could, like... You could, you'd could just have to take yourself with you. And, like, you wouldn't have to take anything, and you could just go on the spot, right? And you could also impress people mm-hmm. by like, transforming. And you could be all dangerous <laughs> and stuff, too, so... That'd be cool.
1: That's true. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. A lot of style points. A lot of cool points.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but, like it's it's any broom though so it doesn't have you don't have to, you can just like it grab have to any be, broom. And, yeah you can just grab any broom like I think Kiki grabs like this janitor's broom she uses that so. that's true but mm-hmm. like mm-hmm.
0: come on like think of being a <laughs> dragon
1: like isn't that so cool no it is it is I'm just trying to find a way to choose Kiki cause like cause it is like why would you choose a broom over a dragon like I wonder if like a little like um like a little duster I wonder if that counts as a broom like if you can just <laughs> like one foot it and just like <laughs> Oh do it like that.
2: <laughs> uh, would you still be working under yubaba Like, if if you were contracted to like use your powers for her, would you still do it?
0: If I was a dragon, I could basically go anywhere, right? Or is there like some kind of spell that that she uses to?
2: Yeah, he like has to work for her basically.
0: Ah, uh, well, that kind of sucks. <laughs> hmm. I wouldn't want to work for for She's kind of like crazy so yeah <laughs> if, if i if i had to work for yubaba then i'd i'd take the broom
1: mm-hmm. all about the
2: freedom yeah
1: <laughs> yeah i think no i i think i also like to be a dragon though
2: mm. i think i
1: think that's fair because i feel like even though he is working for yubaba i feel like he's also held in high regard like he's one of the top tier people there yeah so maybe maybe I can wager, or you know, maybe next time we have our next contract signing, I can be like, hey, can I have like a, every other Saturday off? So I can just do shit.
0: <laughs> okay, but like you, bought, you know, Uvava, like she's not gonna
2: allow that to happen. She's uh, she's a scary lady. So you like, can I have some time off? Can I unionize the bathhouse workers? <laughs> <laughs> no,
1: but is it is it that what he's been trying to do though? Like I think he he's been trying to like get free, which is why like he I forgot what he was trying to steal, but that's why he's like all bloodied up like in the end. So he's constantly trying to escape.
2: He he didn't remember his name, so he couldn't escape Yubaba. And the reason why he was all bloody was because he tried to steal something from her.
0: I think it, it wasn't Yubaba, it was her twin sister.
1: Yeah. It mm-hmm.
2: was like a bunch of, yeah. Yeah, he, he stole like a seal. That's right. Mm-hmm. He stole the seal from the, the sister because I think Yubaba wanted it.
0: Yeah, I don't I don't remember the exact details gosh I've, I've watched that movie like over five times <laughs> yeah. I don't I don't remember the exact detail but it was something around around those lines
2: Hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. well thank you so much for playing with us Curie and to our audience if you have any suggestions for future in questions send us a message either on twitter or instagram at straight ahead ap or send us an email at straight ahead at gmail.com Further ado, let's jump into it. I, I'm super excited to have you on the podcast. It's been a while since we've talked, and yeah, I just want to kind of want to ask like, could you tell us what was your first industry experience and how you broke in?
0: If I remember right, the first industry thing I worked on was an unannounced feature for Netflix. Hmm. Um, oh, wow! An unannounced animated feature. Uh, I didn't work on the actual feature, but uh, character animation tests during pre production. Oh. On that one, mm. I worked with uh, Katana Badani and James Baxter, uh, which was an absolute Oh wow! Picture.
1: Whoa, dude, James Baxter, yeah, crazy.
0: Yeah, <laughs> he's a he's a very nice nice person. It was great working with him. Mm-hmm. As for as for how I broke in, uh, Calarts, the school that I attended for three years, has this thing called Portfolio Day, where students show mm-hmm. off their portfolios to a bunch of industry professionals, and cat uh, picked me up from portfolio day during my second year there if i remember
1: right hmm. Hmm. okay that's awesome that's it because yeah like cal has a bunch of those resources like that where they do have a lot of deep industry connections where people come in to look at stuff
0: mm-hmm. yeah
1: but so that's that's crazy your second year you already got like picked out that's awesome oh, <laughs>
2: thank you yeah you must have had a killer portfolio uh. mm-hmm <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh-huh. So yeah, so you were only doing like uh so by character test in case people might not be familiar, it's like while they were still kind of figuring out like oh how the movement could look like or trying to see like oh let's what what personality does this character have, like how can we bring this character to life in animation? Yeah. So it was those are the kind of things that you guys were trying to figure out. Yeah. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Mm-hmm. And so aside from that, one of the one of the other things you also got a chance to work on is you also worked as an animator at Powerhouse yeah. and worked on uh, Castlevania season four. What was it like working on a show like that where you really need to have, like, a strong understanding of anatomy? Because the, the animations and the boards on that show are freaking crazy.
0: Yeah. Well, hmm. it, was, it was pretty tough. <laughs> I actually oh. uh, shot a bunch of live-action reference of myself, um, which helped a lot. Oh, wow. Hmm. There was this scene of a Rebus transforming that I got to animate. I don't know if you've seen it, uh, but the Rebus was basically, like this half naked monster thing and the transformation involved a bunch of screaming and stuff. I didn't really know how to properly animate the muscles, so of course the mm. only logical solution was to get half naked and film myself screaming. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I I actually shot it on my mother's iPad since it had uh like a better video quality than my phone. And I thought I deleted <laughs> it, but she oh eventually Oh gonna
1: say did your mom find
0: it? <laughs> yeah, like she eventually found the footage and was like, "Are you okay? Do you need to see a doctor <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> But yeah, anyways, um, besides that i was I was also like really lucky to work alongside some other powerhouse animators who helped me with like the anatomical stuff. Mm. My friend, his name's Dominic Farrow. He's really good at anatomy, and he took the time to tell me whenever something looked jank.
2: Mm. were you there like full time or were you
1: freelancing?"
0: Um, that was just a freelance thing. It was it, mm. it was for
2: about eight months, I think. was
1: mm. mm-hmm. a pretty solid freelance gig. Eight months—that's yeah. that's a good chunk of time. Yeah, that yeah.
2: was cool. And you were doing you were doing like uh, cleanups or and roughs or like how much of the process were you involved in?
0: It was it was roughs to tie down. So mm. um, I wasn't in charge of the cleanup. Uh, I was just doing the basically the layout animation.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. Mm-hmm. I saw some of the stuff you did too. Like I saw some of the stuff that you posted online and stuff. Like, we did you also do the effects as well, or were you mainly really just oh, yeah. in charge of the characters? Um,
0: I did. I did both the characters and effects.
1: Whoa. The effects are freaking insane! Yeah. Oh my god! <sighs> what? Like, what the hell?
0: Oh, that, that makes me so happy to hear because, like, when they assigned me the effects, like, I haven't really done many effects before. Like, there were a lot of things mm. I haven't done, like uh, fire explosions. That kind of stuff, and when they assigned me that, I was like, "Oh gosh, I have no idea how to do this." I just spent like several days looking up references. Uh, like Spencer Wan has has a bunch of great effects. He's worked on uh, Castlevania before, and his his work really helped me out. So mm-hmm. yeah, just just a lot of references.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: What was it kind of like working on, because that was season four by then, so there was a lot of the show to kind of match. Does your style already, like the way you draw, does it already match the show style, or did you kind of have to adjust?
0: I kind of had to adjust. Like, I think the first shot that I worked on, it was it was a character called Saifa, and her her mm. face was kind of hard to draw for me, so I got like um, some drawovers uh, mm. of that.
1: That's really cool. Uh, one of the things I kind of wanted to ask... Uh, I forget the name of the organization or the channel, but I also remember like like one of your sequences, um, somebody actually broke it down kind of saying like, tracking the arcs and saying like oh look at like study this animation sequence and like oh this these are one of the things that's happening in the animation sequence why this works really well
0: yeah i i saw that one
1: yeah because it's, it's 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 the one where it's like the yeah that girl's like doing this or yeah. putting her head together and putting it apart like yeah, fires coming one, yeah. across and
0: yeah that was yeah, yeah. that was by frame by frame right
1: or was yeah. it some- yeah yeah frame by frame i'm like how how cool is that to kind of see like Somebody acknowledging the work that you did, and kind of picking up moments of like, oh yeah, these are the reason why it works, and like why this is really good. Like, look how they lead the eye. Like how like they, like how there's arcs that lead your eye to these things. Oh man!
0: Like when I saw that, I was like, wow, this really makes me look like I know what I'm doing. I was gonna,
1: I was gonna ask like how many of was like, oh wow, this person actually like like was able to break down what I was thinking. I was like, or were you like, oh, I didn't even know I did that. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: I was like, wow, this this makes me look like I actually know what I'm doing. <laughs> I was like, that's pretty cool, though. Like, yeah, I was it was nice seeing that.
1: <laughs> oh, that's crazy. That's that's funny. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> so, to kind of keep moving forward, one of the other things you've also have done, you have also worked as an animator for Toei, working on One Piece. First of all, how freaking cool is that? What is it like working for a studio? based in japan but also getting to be a part of a legacy that is one piece
0: i, I actually haven't read or watched any of one piece uh, <laughs> <laughs> so i wasn't really interested in taking the opportunity at first uh, mm, but once wow. yeah once i received the storyboards i was like i was absolutely blown away i'm not sure if you know her but the director and storyboarder for the episode i worked on number mm. 1015 was uh, migumi shitani uh, she's she's a legend, and being able to work with her uh, was an honor. The schedule was a bit rushed, as as it usually is with anime productions. So it was kind of rough during the Gango phase, but I'm really glad I got to participate.
1: Dude, that's really cool. Because like I, I was gonna ask, like, how was the language barrier between working with, like, yeah, a ja- like a studio based in Japan, and like, was there a translator, or did the director was was, was she able to speak English with you?
0: Luckily. The PA production assistant uh, spoke English with me. They had a an interpreter during the, uh, the meeting.
1: Mm. Oh, okay. So
0: uh, the director the director herself uh, spoke Japanese, but of course the, the interpreter was able to translate that. Mm.
2: That's cool. So you were able to like be on call with her and stuff too, right? Yeah, for, oh. the, uh, for
0: the first meeting.
1: Oh, man. So yeah, I was going to ask. So you worked with... You saw the Japanese boards or the boards from Japan on for one piece. And obviously you worked from storyboards on Castlevania when animating here in the States, like what's the difference between adapting those two boards, seeing what, how they do anime and seeing how they do here in, in America.
0: That's a good question, but I honestly don't think I have enough experience in like either since I'm kind of just starting an industry. Like I, I just recently dropped mm-hmm. out of sport, like I don't have enough experience to kind of make an accurate comparison. Mm-hmm. But both of the boards were were very good on both the Western and Japanese productions. I know that for a lot of anime, the boards are sometimes very rough. But Ishitani's boards were really insanely clean. I think I think very very clean, especially by uh, Japanese standards. Just you could mm. use them. You could use the storyboard uh, panels as literally just the layout um, oh, by themselves. Wow. It's it's crazy. Like I. <laughs> I wish I could show you guys, but of course it's like N- NDAs. Um, mm-hmm. It was it was just
1: insane. Mm-hmm. Must have been really nice to work off them. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah,
1: I love I love looking at Japanese boards, like especially because they I know they they use other like compositing programs, but it still feels like very traditional in a sense of like how they board panel to panel versus uh, here in the states. Like when I see like all the. I forgot what, I was watching uh, some of the boards that they did for Dr. Stone and it's very like panel per panel, like in that little format where it's like the sheet with three panels down the row and you just write like action notes and stuff in the, in the, in the borders.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's what the, Mm. um, the animators receive. Mm. Yeah. yeah. For Castlevania, I think uh, we received um, an animatic. It was, it was Mm -hmm. also quite clean because, um, the director Sam Deats likes, likes to have uh, clean drawings, I think. Mm Mm-hmm. So that was,
1: that was nice too, to
2: work off of as well. They mm-hmm. kind of like communicate. There's a lot of like detail in those shows and in those boards. Um, how, I don't know if this is like, is sort of too an ethereal a question, but how long does it take you to animate a scene typically? Because like the characters, I mean, like, you know, they have like strands of hair and there's like all these tiny details that you have to keep track of, so... This is not like a normal, like a you know, a bouncing ball or something. Would be much faster.
0: <laughs> mm. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a difficult question because it depends on so many factors, like of course, mm. the length of the scene, the, the detail of the characters, mm-hmm. um, like how how tight the schedule is. On mm. um, Castlevania, that was, that was my first time working on like an actual uh, production, like on the actual production. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was pretty slow. I had to ask them for like a bunch of extensions.
2: <laughs> um, oh, wow.
0: I think I think in general I'm just a pretty slow worker. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to I'm trying to get faster. Uh, it'll come with experience, but,
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but Yeah. What was their sort of expectation versus how long it actually took you, especially as like starting out? Like
0: I I I really can't remember accurately, <laughs> I think.
2: <laughs> it's okay. <I'm>
0: sorry. <laughs> my my memory is failing me maybe, like, a few days to a week per shot, I believe, mm-hmm. yeah. Something something roughly around that.
1: Mm. Mm. And then how much, so they were expecting a few days to a week on a shot, and then how much, on average, did it take you on top of that? Mm.
0: I Again, like, I can't, <laughs> it's hard to remember, I'm sorry. I mean, during, during that production, there were also, like, external factors. Like, I had to, I had to move to a different state for a while.
2: Oh, so that, okay so that I also
0: am. kind of made things harder. Hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But
0: yeah, I don't. I don't remember exactly. <laughs> Sorry, I can't tell you.
1: Got yeah, but... it. No, no worries. No worries. So one of the things I I kind of want to ask is that uh, what did you find valuable when you were attending like a Arts, and then at what point? Because um, you said you dropped out. At what point did you decide to like make that decision and be like, you know what? I think I got the most of what I could out of here, and I think like I I want to move on to do to do other things or I, I don't need to continue down this path
0: mm. um, well there was a lot of value there like in Calarts uh, just being mm-hmm. able to attend that program um, but I think one of the most valuable was being in an environment where you're surrounded by other artists like in kind of uh, that environment of mutual suffering is kind of nice <laughs> <laughs> totally yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: I, 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 like, I like the way you put that I feel like that should be on a shirt mutual <laughs> suffering
0: <laughs> I mean, of course, like some of the teachers are very helpful as well. Um, just being mm-hmm. in, in a place where you can just like kind of like lean over to the person working next to you and be like, "Hey, can you check out like this shot or or do you have any critique um, mm-hmm. stuff like that?" As for why I decided to drop out, well, as as you know, it's extremely obscenely expensive.
1: Mm, yes, it's ridiculously expensive. Uh,
0: yeah. And I felt that, like, during during the pandemic, I took a gap year, which is when I worked on Castlevania. And, like, I think that, mm-hmm. like, during those eight months of working in the industry, it taught me more. Like, I learned more from that than, like, my entire two years spent at CalArts. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I was like, you know, if, if working in the industry directly is just going to help me way more than, you know, spending tens of thousands of dollars on this school mm-hmm. like i could be getting paid to learn rather than paying to learn yeah. exactly yeah yeah so so that's why i decided to drop out
1: no i think i think you made a right decision that was for you at the time because like again like i mentioned before you're you're insanely like you have some amazing skills like i love your work and your animations are super top notch right? or it's like yeah if, if you feel comfortable enough you feel like you like yeah You got the experience in Pennsylvania and you were able to kind of feel comfortable. I was like, yeah, I can learn more in the industry. I I have the skills to kind of enter the industry at this moment. Because school can get really expensive. And Mm -hmm. even though school can be helpful for like a lot of people, oftentimes financially is not feasible. Yeah. So there's plenty of online resources. There's plenty of other alternatives to kind of make your way into the industry without necessarily going to crushing debt.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I also think like a common misconception, um, especially for people outside uh, the industry is that you need a college degree to get a good job like mm-hmm. a lot of parents will are going to like make their kids get a degree like my mm-hmm. parents really mm-hmm. initially they were just like no you're not gonna quit school right like you need that degree if you don't have that degree you'll like literally be homeless like that mm-hmm. was their <laughs> mentality but in reality at least like in my field in like uh 2d animation yeah or like working in anime like the only thing that matters is the quality of your work, so like your portfolio. If you could, you could literally just get a job from posting on Twitter or Instagram, and if your work is good, you're going to get hired, and that's you know that's it. Yeah. Personally, I haven't seen like many or, or even any jobs that require like have like a degree requirement for for animation. Hmm.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Um. So yeah, the portfolio is is number one.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oftentimes the most helpful part of going to school is like making those connections with your classmates. And again, schools sometimes have connections with studios where they, like you mentioned, Portfolio Day, where they come in, look at your stuff. We have something similar at San Jose State or we have BFA Gallery where alumni and other people in the industry come to check out our work as well. So, mm-hmm. you get to meet some studio people, and there's you know those little mixers and stuff. But again, so many new programs like uh women animation, Latinx animation, animations, there, there's other organizations also creating mixers, and for you to get involved and meet professionals, and kind of get a way to network and meet people to kind of get your work out there and learn. Yeah, so more and more, there's more things to get involved in where some of the stuff that school offered, which is like the ability to network, the ability to make connections, is can be made elsewhere as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: And so uh, one of the things I also want want to ask is that one of the things that you did while at CalArts was that you produced this beautiful short film titled Spring Herald. What was the inspiration behind producing that short?
0: Oh, that was a long time ago. Uh...
1: That was it. Was that your first year at CalArts that you produced that? Yeah. That's insane.
0: Oh, Thank you. (laughs) I'm trying to remember.
1: Yeah. You had this cool green dragon flying around the city. These cool water shots These cool. Like, you know, like mountain shots. you have some low tads in there as well Mm -hmm. (laughs) i was gonna ask like what like why like was it meant to be a Lotad, or was you were trying to create like a mystical like water creature? Oh
0: no, that was most definitely a Lotad. Like, <laughs> like I just, I just felt like I, I wanted to add a Lotad in there. Like, I was like, you know what? I like Pokemon. I think Lotad is cute. There, there's going to be a flower in here, so might as well like add him in. I don't know. Like, it's
1: just. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I love it. Did anybody did like do your professors like were, like oh I like that design of that creature like it's very unique or did they know that it was a Lotad? <laughs> no,
0: like. I don't. I don't think any of them, or at least I don't remember like any of them mentioning it. But when I did post it online, like some people were like, "Hey, did this person like plagiarize Pokemon?" And and then there were also people in the comments saying like, saying like, "That's not a Pokemon. That's like that's like a Chinese mythological creature, like a Kappa or something." Which uh-huh. I don't think it's even Chinese. But like, yeah, it's it was, it was weird. Like like that that one low tag. <laughs> it drew so much attention <laughs> to the lotad. Uh, I kind of regret putting in there,
1: but, but it's really weird. <laughs> I liked it. It did catch me off guard, but I liked it. It's very it's cute. cute. It's a yeah, cute lotad. Lotads. that are like swimming.
0: Yeah, it was it was, it was fun to animate. Too. I'm trying to remember like what inspired me initially to to make that. Huh. It was it was inspired by this Chinese folk tale I read online. About a dragon waking up after a winter's hibernation. Um, I, I knew I wanted to animate something that had to do with Chinese mythology. So that's just what I went
1: with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What well, was like one of the challenging parts of like when you were making that film? Because you have like, again, this dragon sweeping through these cool lighting effects. Like one of the things that I was thinking in my head is like, maybe it's harder... Than what I actually think it is, or no, maybe it's easier than what I think it is. But I thought it was pretty hard. When you have that dragon like looping under that bridge, I was like, oh man, she had to mask that. Like, where where does the masking happen in that in that compositing to have the dragon looping within the bridge on this layered set?
0: Oh yeah, that was that was a bit of a pain. I mean, I just had um, I just duplicated the layer of the of the bridge on top, and then and then added that above the uh, the dragon layer. Mm-hmm. But as for the other challenges. I think animating the dragon was, was hard. Luckily, I had I had several of my friends like help me with that. Like uh, one of my one of my friends, well, my boyfriend actually, he was he was at the um, powers exchange program at the time and he helped me with with drawers for the movement of the mm. dragon in the um, mm. in the first cut that it's that it's flying and that really helped me. <laughs> I really don't have many memories from that time. It's all just a blur of just working in my dorm. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, that's I, I can feel that yeah. especially like yeah it was your first year so long ago and oftentimes like yeah when you're working so hard on something everything just meshes together in your brain yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. Aside from Spring Herald, one of the other things you're also currently working on is a personal short film titled Guai. How has that been going so far? Because I I know you po- you've posted a few bits online and it's looking really really cool. Oh
0: thank you. Um, it was hmm. it was actually originally meant to be a student film, but I recently dropped out of school, as you know, so now it's just mm-hmm. a personal project. Because I'm working professionally now, it's just something that I work on between freelance jobs. So there's not as much mm-hmm. time to work on it. The good news is that since there's no real deadline for it anymore, I can I can just spend as much time as I want making it impractically detailed and polished to my heart's <laughs> desire. Uh, maybe, that's, maybe that's not a good thing actually <laughs> but um yeah well so far it's it's got character designs the animatic is finished i'm doing the shots uh, one by one and so far only a few have been completed i have no idea when, when i finish the whole thing it's just something i work on for fun for now
1: is that something you plan on taking out the film circuit or is it just more of a fun thing for you just to kind of have
0: um it's just something for myself yeah, it's just something that, that I, I enjoy doing. I just kind of want to, you know, finish and bring these these characters to life, I guess.
1: hmm hmm That's awesome. Because, yeah, sometimes, like, yeah, you don't always have to take anything. You don't always have to take what you make and take it to the film circuit or try to make something more than what it is. It's sometimes just nice making stuff for yourself. Yeah. Just making art for art's sake. And, yeah, oftentimes that just makes it more enjoyable. I feel like, I feel like sometimes I fall into the mindset of, like, oh, man, I... 'Cause yeah, I do I like to draw, but it's been a while since like I've drawn for fun. And I do draw for fun every now and then, but it's hard for me to draw for fun. Like oftentimes like it's like oh I'm so limited on time. If I am gonna make this post or this drawing, like what else can I use it for? Like I always try to double dip in a post or try to see like, okay, can I mm-hmm. use this post for other any, anything else? Like like if a fun character design challenge happens, like from you know the character design challenge that they do the one the thing ones, if there's fun it's like okay cool i get to make a cool thing and post it there but then it'll, it can also be a social media post on my stuff so like i just have such a bad habit of like feeling like oh when, when i draw it has to be for a purpose instead of just drawing for fun
0: mm-hmm. i mean to be fair like if i do manage to, to complete yoga it, it'll probably bring in uh, some more job opportunities uh, which would be great, but mm-hmm. yeah, I guess it's um it's just a thing for fun I work on. So it's a break, I guess.
1: Yeah. Hmm. Um, like I mentioned earlier, we know each other because we interned together at Pixar. And the one of the things I kinda wanna ask is like we yeah, we interned briefly together at Pixar summer of twenty nineteen. However, uh you made you made the decision to actually end your internship early. If you don't mind talking about it, what made you come to that decision? Cause I remember I would pop into the animation. Intern room, like all the time, because you guys always have snacks. But
2: <laughs> uh, <laughs> the only yeah, I, remember, I remember talking
1: yeah I remember uh, if you don't mind me saying a, a little bit, because um, you're an amazing 2D animator. But I remember you were you were having a little bit of a challenge, like adjusting to like animating Pixar's way, or like you know learning 3D. Yeah,
0: yeah, for sure. Oh gosh, that was <laughs> that was a wild time. <laughs> as as for why, like I decided to quit, it was it was a result of several factors. The first is probably that I didn't enjoy doing CG at all. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. I don't know why I, I didn't realize that I'd be animating in 3D when I first accepted the internship. Like, Pixar almost <laughs> exclusively mm-hmm. makes 3D films, so I don't know what was going through my head when I said yes. Like, that was pretty dumb. <laughs> I don't I don't think I can survive <laughs> six weeks of just doing CG without drawing.
1: hmm
2: have you done CG before,
1: or um,
0: it was my first time animating CG? Mm. Yeah. Besides that, like the other factors were mostly external. It was it was a California summer, and my apartment had no AC. Um, it might sound pretty spoiled, oh, but I'm really weak to heat. Oh no! Uh, so two <laughs> of the four walls in my in my little room were made completely from glass, and the room faced the sun, so it was so there was like a greenhouse oh. effect. And Ooh. after a long day of something, do- no. after, like doing something that I really didn't enjoy, I just I'd come home to temperatures reaching nearly like, 100 degrees, and, and then at night like the temperatures would be freezing, so I never really got enough sleep. I don't know if you remember this, right, but like I was falling asleep huh. so many times during the internship, uh, so that's that's kind of <laughs> why. Oh man! Like. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I didn't just purchase a personal cooling unit back then like that wasn't very smart (laughs) (laughs) on top of that like my plan back then was to make progress on my second year film over the summer uh, so I could finish it the following school years Uh, and I kind of put like a heavy expectation on myself to make good progress on it the evenings like after I came back from the studio mm -hmm. I mean obviously I couldn't progress as much as I wanted on it every night and I kind of like really beat myself up over it Uh, sometimes when I was sitting like, when I was, like, sitting in the interim doing CG, I would be thinking that, oh, I could, I could be using this time to do something productive, like, working on my film. And it just it just felt like such a waste. <laughs> like, sometimes I'd run to the bathroom to just cry out of sheer frustration. Aww. And eventually, Aww. I just I ran to the uh, program director's office and said, I want to quit. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I really wasn't in a good mental space mm-hmm. back then. I was also young and mm-hmm. in a new city, so there was, like, a bit of homesickness as well. Yeah, I, I do remember... Being absolutely fascinated by Pixar's library, though, so many art books. Like I'm not sure if you remember, but I would I would never yeah. like join the other interns for lunch because I was in the library. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the first week I was there, I checked out so many books that they could barely fit in my backpack, and and that night, like I got off at the wrong bus stop, and it was in the middle of a shabby street, like I've never seen before, oh. and a man started following me. Oh, and I, no, I tried to run, but all those art books were like weighing me down.
2: <laughs> <sighs> Absolutely not.
0: <laughs> yeah, like luckily I got into a restaurant and, and uh, I called to be picked up by one of my parents' friends who were um, who was living in San Francisco. Um, but yeah, man, that was scary.
1: <laughs> this is scary. Oh, man. I wish you, I wish you would have called me. I would totally have, I would have totally had picked you up.
0: <laughs> oh man, yeah. I was like, I was in a in a state of panic. Like I was on Oh man. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. despite all that, I have some great memories from there as well. Um, mm-hmm. The facilities were great, and the burritos too.
2: Uh, there's so <laughs> many kind
0: people. Like um, my mentor Amanda was super patient and would take so much time teaching me the stuff I missed because I was asleep during the lectures. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I I never really got to properly say goodbye to her. Like I heard the day I quit, she came into the intern room looking for me, but I was reading in the library. <laughs> historical oh. um there's also uh Andy Beal. i think I think you might know him um also made that time there ten times better. Mm-hmm. I was only there for for two weeks, but I met some really cool people like uh like Sid and chris and and you right uh so in the end like i'm I'm glad I got to have that experience, yeah,
1: yeah. I'm not gonna, I was a little sad when I walked in one day to get snacks and I was like, oh hey, what's where's cute oh. But, yeah, I, I do remember, like, talk, when I would peek in and I would talk to you, I remember, like, yeah, you were struggling a bit. And, like, and, yeah, I remember you mentioning some stuff, like, you were just having a difficult time. So, uh, mm-hmm. I'm glad that you made what the the right decision for you. Because, like, honestly, like, that's a tough decision. I, like, I feel like that's tough for anybody to kind of make and fully, fully decide. But I'm glad that you did because it was, you know, good for you. Mm-hmm. And, like... I'm glad that you like were thinking of your own your own mental health and your well being because like uh, some of the animators at Pixar too like sometimes it's like their first time animating 3D and like they never work they have only ever worked on 2D and so they make that transition I know Eric O until Pixar exclusively only animated in 2D and then at Pixar that's where he had to learn so Pixar tries to find these cool 2D animators and like you know teach him 3D mm. but it's not always an easy switch for everybody.
2: Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if you are just not really enjoying it at all, like literally thinking about your other film, like while you're doing it, I I totally think you made the right choice. <laughs>
0: yeah, like I think I think there's just like something about about like animating three D, like the fact that I I don't really get to draw like mm-hmm. for every frame. It's um, mm-hmm. I think I think I enjoy the the act of, of drawing itself. So just mm-hmm. kind of, like moving the model around didn't really
2: um give me a lot of enjoyment yeah and mm-hmm. it's good to like learn that kind of stuff anyway
0: yeah yeah it's mm-hmm. i mean like as a 2d animator learning 3d animation is is definitely beneficial like it's um it like i can certainly learn a lot from that but mm-hmm. i just really did not like doing it so yeah mm-hmm.
1: but yeah i'm glad i'm glad that you're doing well and again, I'm glad that you're, it's like, it seems like to me you're really thriving right now, mm-hmm. freelancing for, like, you know, Toei, Castlevania. You also mentioned you also have done freelance for some other anime. So, to me, that's super, super cool that you're, it seems like you have some sustainable income and some sustainable work, which is amazing to hear and amazing to see.
0: Thank you, Ray. I mean, I actually only, One Piece is actually the only anime I've, I've worked on um, mm. that's out. Uh, right now, I'm mm-hmm. working on...
2: Um, Chainsaw Man. So, <gasps> whoa, oh, really? <laughs>
0: that's so exciting! Yeah, like, so, I've only technically worked on like two anime so far. And yeah, I'm still pretty
1: pretty new in the industry. That's 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 crazy, still pretty dude. cool. Well, that's, still, you, right? that's Still cool. Ho- hopefully, you get to animate some like some Boruto stuff because I know like <laughs> I know I know some of the anime gets pretty some of the animation gets pretty good on it. Mm. I haven't watched it though. I like, Boruto's just a meme at this point, but like, <laughs> there, there's still some good in there. So, one of the, one of the other things I kind of been meaning to ask you this for like a while since like I met you, this is something that's, uh, yeah, I just always been wanting to ask. So, you're an, you're an amazing artist with, with, with a large following. However, I've never seen someone with a following of your size on Instagram that does not have an icon. Why is that?
0: Uh. <laughs> I, I guess I've never really felt the need to put a profile picture. Like I don't know. I d- I told myself I'd do it eventually, and then eventually just forgot about it. So I don't know.
1: Because <laughs> I was like uh, in my head, I was like, "What a power move to have such a large following, but not have, but not even put an icon default avatar." I literally just forgot. Like. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I don't I don't really go on Instagram that often, so I really I rarely check my profile. Um mm-hmm. so yeah, I just just never occurred to me that I had to
2: <laughs> that I should put one there. So.
1: <laughs> okay, so that's so it's just cuz you forgot.
2: Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't important enough. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Instagram now, <Nah>, whatever.
1: <laughs> yeah, I just thought that was I just thought that was always really 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 great. Just the fact that you don't have an icon every time you <laughs> pop up on my feed. <laughs> so one of the other things I kind of also want to get into is that how did you feel like your, your cultural background has influenced you as, as an artist?
0: Most of my personal animated work is based on or has some aspects of Chinese culture and mythology. And well, it's, it's kind of embarrassing but I actually can't write Chinese or, mm-hmm. or speak it um. very well. I mean, I can understand daily language since my parents speak it to me, Mm. uh, but somehow Mm -hmm. I'm just not fluent myself. Um, Mm -hmm. I was born here in America Mm -hmm. and only visited China twice, so I was never Mm -hmm. really immersed in Chinese culture and grew up with uh, the American culture instead. So I think Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. drawing things related to Chinese culture is a better way of understanding and getting closer to my heritage. I also find uh, traditional Chinese architecture, clothing, and just in general visual motifs
1: to be to be beautiful and fascinating No, hmm. oh, it's really beautiful i like that and do you, when your parents see you kind of taking a lot of inspiration from like chinese mythology or like you know architecture and stuff like that is there like a surprise or like are they happy that like oh hey she's you know she's showing interest in in her culture by like you know representing it in media uh, and in animation <laughs> <laughs>
0: I mean sometimes they'll like recognize like a character that's based off of a mythological thing and they'll be like, hey, I know that. But, th- but mm-hmm. other than that, there's like yeah, like if, if you need help with translating stuff or like uh mythology, like we'll help you out, but
2: like other than mm-hmm. that's just
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely more for
2: you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Um so like the inspiration for like clothing and architecture that you're mentioning, like uh I guess aesthetic wise and stuff, and the places that you've visited in China—is that local to where, like, your parents are from, or just in general, like, uh, Chinese culture and aesthetic?
0: Just in general, I'd say, like, for for Yaogui, the, the show from that I'm working on now, mm-hmm. um, there's like, it's based in like 1920s old Shanghai, so oh, there's okay. um, there's like two different uh, groups. There's like the group of Yagui, which are like the monsters and demons, and then there's the civilians who live in the city. So there's like two different kinds of fashions there, like the the more modern like uh, Chi Pao from Shanghai, uh, mm-hmm. and the and the more ancient, the more ancient uh, clothing from
2: like the older eras. So mm. that's that's kind of interesting to to draw, right? Mm. Like the Pao is it's uh, considered very Chinese, but it is like Western influenced. So yeah, yeah th- that's really cool.
0: Yeah. During during that time, there was um, a kind of Western influence in mm-hmm. in Shanghai because it was like a port city. Um, so the architecture was also a mix between uh, Western and Eastern. Kind of like mm-hmm. my own identity since I'm also Chinese American. So that was mm-hmm. um, to kind of explore.
2: Yeah, totally. Kind of mixing those influences.
1: What other like aspects of the industry do you still want to get into? Like, is there any other like stuff you really want to work on? Because like, yeah, the fact that you got to work on One Piece, you got to work on Castlevania. Is there any specific like Things you want to accomplish while like and you while you're working,
0: I think I would like to kind of be able to be proficient at many things at once. So uh, I would I would like to be good at uh, animation, background painting, composting mm-hmm. compositing. Um, I would because I feel like if I work on too on one thing for too long, I get I get bored. <laughs> so mm-hmm. so like this is why I like doing doing a short film for me is like is like kind of fun and has a break because I can rotate between background paging, animation, compositing, etc. cetera. Mm. Um, so it keeps me from kind of getting like uh, burnt out from just doing one thing. Uh-huh. Mm.
2: So yeah, I, I, I just like to learn a lot of things and, and be good at a lot of things if I can. That's really cool. Uh-huh. All right, well, before we get into our final question, where can our audience find you? And is there anything else you want to promote?
0: I can be found on uh, Twitter. Uh, at Lou underscore Curie, so that's L U uh, underscore C U R I E, and on Instagram my username is Fey. P E P E F I. That's that's actually named after after my pet chickens.
2: <laughs> Aww. Oh, oh, was gonna say it's, it's cute.
0: <laughs> uh, also on YouTube, if you if you just look up my name Curie Lou, you you can find my channel there. I don't really post on YouTube often, <laughs> but uh, if you want to see, like, my student films or, like, my uh, my old videos, they're up on there. Yeah, I have. I also have, like, a, an artist page on Facebook that I don't really use. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, I just, if I'm posting something, I'll also post it there. Mm-hmm. I don't really, like, check the comments or, like, the, the DMs, so it's pretty <laughs> inactive there, but it's there. If anyone <laughs> wants to see it, um, that's, that's pretty much it.
1: Mm-hmm. Awesome. As we come to a close, Is there any final advice that you would want to bestow on those that want to pursue a career in animation?
0: I'd say just, I guess it would be to just not lose sight of why you wanted to draw. So Mm -hmm. kind of remember like why you started drawing and and what made you start animating and just keep that in mind. I feel like sometimes when when you get burnt out, you kind of forget like why you even started in the first place and and the inspiration kind of just goes away. Mm. Yeah. And also to observe carefully, like, the movement of everything around you. Um, just be sensitive to, like, your surroundings and, and observe. So I don't have much advice. I, I'm still very... Oh, no. <laughs> that was perfect. No, that's, that's,
1: don't that's, worry. That's, yeah, it's good advice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because, yeah, we get a mixture of advice. And sometimes there's some there's some good things that are just a friendly reminder. Like, that's an advice that I need to take to heart again and, like, realize, like, yeah, I just want to draw for fun mm-hmm. and realize why why I like to draw. So I think I think it's a good reminder that people should take notice of and like take to heart cuz i feel like that's also a common pitfall students tend to fall into when you're drawing in art school or going to university to learn. Oftentimes you're so fixated on the assignments that you forget why you like to draw. So, it's it's a good reminder.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it's it's good to to work hard and, you know, to just really put in those hours. Like of course that's that's how you get better, but at the same time, like i personally found that i learned the most when i'm having fun, like a few years ago, I'd probably say that. Oh, in order to learn, you have to be suffering, and <laughs> you know, like just putting all those sweat and tears into it. But mm-hmm. I think, I think that now, like if I if I'm having fun, I'll I'll just learn faster and, and improve more. Instead, I'll just encourage me to, to keep drawing. I suppose while mm-hmm. just me pushing myself like to the limits will just get get me burnt off faster. And just like run myself into the ground. Like it's it's just not as sustainable. I would
1: say. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. For sure.
2: Well, perfect advice. So thank you so much for joining us today. If you audience enjoyed our interview with Curie today, please rate and follow us on Anchor, Spotify or wherever you tune in. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at straight ahead AP. Thanks, Ray, for contacting Curie. <laughs> if you have any suggestions for guests, please contact us on social media or send us an email at straightaheadpodcast at gmail.com. We love discovering new professionals and want to use this platform to boost these voices of the future. Special thanks to our editor, Ashley Itlion. And finally, a big thanks to a music composer, Daniel Rodier.
1: Thanks again for listening. And thank you once again to our guest, Was has a bright future straight ahead. Until next week, have a wonderful day. Bye, everyone. Bye.
0: Bye. Thank you for having me. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, it was our pleasure.